Welcome to Where in the Sports World. I'm Travis Eldridge. This is the show where we take you around the world to catch up with American athletes playing overseas. On this episode, we're headed back to Japan to talk with former Major League pitcher Reed Garrett. He's currently working as a relief pitcher for the Cebu Lions playing in Japan's Pacific League. The native of Richmond, Virginia, Garrett went on to play his college baseball at VMI before getting picked by the Texas Rangers in the 16th round of the 2014 MLB draft, eventually working his way through the minors to make that big league debut in Major League Baseball in March of 2019. Here on this show on Where on the Sports World, we'll catch up with Reed about that unique baseball journey, how it has now taken him to Japan. He shared some minor league baseball stories, what it's like now pitching in the Pacific League, and he also talks about how he transitioned from being a starter originally in his professional career to making a transition to full-time relief pitcher. We're going across the Pacific right now with current Cebu Lion, Reed Garrett. Reed, where in the sports world are you right now? Uh, I am in uh, Tokorozawa, Japan, um, playing for the Cebu Lions. And so your journey to Japan is, is obviously interesting for, for any American. Just your first year in Japan, walk me through kind of just like what it's like just as a regular person, not even as a baseball player, as a regular person. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, obviously, this year's been kind of crazy for everybody. Uh, so my, my situation is kind of a little bit different too. So I, uh, my wife and I had our first son on January 29th. Um, I left on, uh, February 2nd. I got to Japan February 4th because I skipped a day on the way out here. Um, so from February 4th until today is the 24th, so about nine months I've been, or eight months I've been here, and uh, uh, it's been great. Like as a person, the, the, the culture's amazing. The, everything that I've been able to, to be around has been great. Uh, team is great. The coaching staff here has been very, very accommodating and very, uh, very helpful for me. Um, a translator's been great. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so we obviously a little bit different because this year we, we started up and we were all ready to go in, in March. Um, and then coronavirus happened, we shut down for two months and then we've been playing six games a week ever since. So from July, for end of June till now. So we've been, been getting after it for sure. What's the most difficult thing of, about the transition? Is it the language? Because like we're, we're so used to players coming from the Pacific yeah. League or the MPB over to Major League Baseball and having to deal with that. Like, is, is that one of the most mm -hmm. difficult things for you? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, grow, like coming up throughout my entire career, it's been mostly guys who speak English or like 60% English, 40% Spanish. And, and like you pick up some Spanish along the way and you learn how to, to communicate with, with the Latin American guys that way. But obviously this is uh, a language and a culture that I was completely like, it knew really nothing about. Um, but the, the our interpreters and, and the, the, the translators that we have here, do it, an amazing job of keeping us in the loop and keeping us like uh, in tune of everything that's going on for sure. What's been the most, have you had a chance to like get a chance to enjoy being in Japan throughout your time yet? Or have, has it been just a whirlwind? 
Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I obviously I enjoy it. Like, it's cool to be able to, like, the, the traveling that we've done from spring training, we got to see some kind of the, the countryside of, of Japan. Um, and then obviously being in where I live at is like right near Tokyo. So it's like, you, I've gotten to see like the, the complete, the two different sides of it. And it's, it's all uh, incredible for sure. It's been great. Um, I got really no complaints about it for sure. It's good stuff. So uh, let, let's walk people through who may not be familiar with, with your whole story and how you've gotten to where you are. You, you grew up in right around Richmond, Virginia, and uh, you grow up playing there before you, you go to VMI. And I wanted, wondered if you knew, did you know that Sedema, Japan, where you are now, is actually a sister city to Richmond, Virginia? No, I did not know that. That's uh... I thought was very interesting and very fitting to where you are. Uh, and it's yeah. centered around exchange students and bringing baseball teams over to the United States. That's awesome. No, I had no idea. That's, that's a cool, cool fact to, to bring home with me. <laughs> so growing up at, in, in Richmond, Virginia, the dream is obviously to, to play Major League Baseball. Like, but how realistic is that dream when you're coming up through high school and, and getting ready to go to college? You, uh, that's obviously like, uh, like you said, the dream is everybody who's played at least at some point in their, in their time of playing, playing baseball, they, uh, they know that like, that's something that they want to do, um, throughout, like throughout your career, either it diminishes or you, or you, you, you pick up on it and it drives you, um, for me, I didn't really, I was kind of, I was definitely under recruited in college. Like didn't have very many offers to go play anywhere. Um, I kind of got discovered by accident by, uh, by coach Ike at VMI. Um, he came, he was coming to watch somebody else at one of our American Legion summer ball games. And uh, I was playing right field and our, we were doing infield outfield and our, um, that our coach hit one over my head and I was like, man, this is infield outfield. It kind of made me mad and I like picked it up and threw it as hard as I could on a line to third base. And like a week later, the, the recruiting period started and the first call that I had was from Ike. Um, but yeah, so like, and then my senior year of high school, I didn't really play that much for the first couple of weeks. Um, I, I don't know what it was, but I, I ended up like having a really good year that year. Uh, kind of carried that into VMI and went through some ups and downs there. Had a great start to my career in in uh, in college. My sophomore year wasn't very good, but my junior year it was when I kind of like knew that I had the ability and uh, started getting a little bit of talks from some people. So, um, but I mean, even still then, like the grind through the minor leagues, that it, it's not easy, and it, it definitely kind of weed some people out for sure so you mentioned junior <laughs> year what is it that clicks about it that where you realize like oh i go from being a college baseball player to a guy that like i think i could do this for a living yeah um i so i kind of like i played summer ball um after my sophomore year uh, my sophomore year was rough like i was bouncing back and forth from being a starter to a reliever and uh I just could never really got into a rhythm. And then my that summer, I went and played in the Valley League uh, for the New Market Rebels. And 
I just, I was a starter. I knew when I was pitching and I just was able to focus on what like I needed to work on. And um, I was able to just like kind of find some stuff and find some confidence that I, that I knew I had um, and then kind of just progress forward. And that carried me into my junior year. So you get drafted in the 16th round by the Texas Rangers. Obviously, that's not like NFL draft, like first round you're watching on TV. Like that's like way yeah. down the list. How do you yeah. find out you're drafted? So I was I was in the West Coast League playing summer ball uh, for the Yakima Valley Pippins. It was like a brand new team that summer. Uh, I was actually... I had a job with one of my buddies who I was at school with. Uh, we were just trying to make some money because, like, obviously being on the West Coast, it was needed to, some way to, to, like, buy food and stuff like that. But we were actually, like, cleaning up the stadium after home games. Like, we were, like, picking up trash and, like, mopping the stadium and stuff. Um, and I, we were getting ready to go to work. And... Um, I had gotten a phone call from the, the, the Nationals the night before saying like, hey, like if you're around, we're probably going to pick you. Um, I hadn't talked to the Rangers much. And then like all wasn't it like nine o'clock in the morning, uh, John George, the scout who drafted me, called me and said, hey, we just took you in the 16th round. Like be around your phone. We're going to wow. get in touch with you here soon. So. It was it was kind of weird because like my parents were back on the East Coast and and I was in 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 Washington State, so they ended up packing up and that night and flying out the next day and kind of we were working through it from there. And the, so then just a whirlwind before like you kind of figure out like where you're going. Yeah, so I actually made ended up making one more start while we were like negotiating or whatever. Um, I was. I, I made two starts there. So my first one was at home, and then we were in Corvallis, Oregon, playing uh, one of the teams there. And I ended up signing like the next day after my start. And I f flew from Corvallis to Spokane and went from there. So throughout the minor leagues, you're a starter, and that like is kind of what you're trying to hang your hat on. What was the process going to becoming a starting pitcher to reliever? Ooh, so I was a starter 2014, 15, uh, 2016, and then at the beginning of 2017, I made like four starts in double A. The second year repeating double A. Um, and I just like, I don't know what it was. I could get through the first or second time through the lineup as a starter. And then the third time was always a struggle. So, um, I just ended up um, getting moved to a reliever at the beginning of May, I think it was. And I ended up just kind of like pitching some one or two, like some two inning relief appearances once or twice a week. And then I ended up getting moved to like being a late inning reliever at the end of the year in 2017. Once I kind of settled into that role, I was able to, to, to kind of like know when I was in a pitch and start mentally preparing, um, which I, I liked because I was able to have to come to the field every day and say, all right, I might pitch tonight no matter what. Like, as a starter, you get once every fifth day. And it's like, if you have a good start, your next four days are great. If you have a bad start, your next four days, you're like, 
all right, what am I going to do? How am I going to fix this? How am I going to figure it out? So it was, uh, at first it was kind of something that I, I wasn't too sure of. Um, but definitely one of the better moves that, that was made in my career from my career trajectory. We don't see, I mean, like it happens to some guys and then like in the playoffs, you see starters that make the move, especially in, in major league baseball, yeah. but you don't see it that often. Like how different is the mentality of being a reliever, knowing you're going to get a call to the bullpen, maybe a few minutes before you come in and it's like game on, you're inheriting maybe a couple of runners on possibly in, in a tough situation. Like how different, different is that mentality? So for me, uh, my mindset as a starter was like, I, I'm trying to go five or six innings, whatever, trying to conserve energy. But the way that I have approached being a reliever, I know that maybe I'll go two innings max. So I have two innings to give everything that I have on that given night. Um, and once you kind of start figuring out what your role is, you can start like watching the game and figuring out like, what okay so there's a guy in second it's seventh inning we're up by two or three i probably need to start locking it in i gotta start paying attention start going through my start going through my routine warming up getting ready doing all that so for me like i no matter what every game in the minor leagues i first i don't ever since i was in the bullpen i pitched the eighth ninth inning but I was like out there watching the starting pitcher warm up. I don't know what it was. Like I was able just to get out there and just, that was my calm place. That was my, my place where I just kind of sat back and, and relaxed and started kind of mentally preparing to, to pitch that night. So you eventually got to the, I'm guessing the high point of your professional baseball career as a reliever, you, you uh, make your, you make the opening day roster for the, the Detroit Tigers. Yeah. Uh, big league debut, your first appearance. What? Yeah. What are the emotions? Man, uh, it was that whole that whole series was wild. So I ended up. Uh, they told me I made the roster. We flew to Toronto. We had a practice day the day before, and then like opening day, it was a seven o'clock game. I think we got there at like eleven. From like 11.15 to like 12 o'clock, I literally, I sat in the dugout by, like by myself and was just like, wow, this is crazy. <laughs> this is crazy. Uh, I didn't end up pitching that night. I ended up pitching, I think it was either the second night or the third night. And um, I can remember, it felt like I warmed up for like two hours. <laughs> I was, I probably threw 40 pitches in the bullpen trying to get ready. It was a longer inning. And I was just, I just kept going. I don't know what it was, but one of the um, one of the veteran guys, Shane Green, came up to me and was like, "Hey, man, here's some water. You got some time. Relax." So <laughs> I was definitely fired up for sure. I feel like more than maybe any other sport, like making it to the big leagues is like romanticized in professional sports. Yeah. It's in like every movie. It's like, oh yeah, I made it to the show. Like this is it. Is it as good as like you would expect it? Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. I mean, you got to think about it, too. So, like, NFL guys, they get drafted out of college and they go straight to, to straight to the NFL. Uh, college basketball guys, most of them, first, second round guys, they end up going straight to the NBA. Uh, my, like, baseball guys, you can be a first rounder and spend five, six years in minor leagues grinding it out. 
you could be a 16th rounder like me and end up being six years in minor leagues and, and, and grinding it out and, and making it. So it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you finally get to make a little bit of money. The travel's way better. The food's way better. They like anything that you need, they take care of you. So it's like, you put in so much time and you spend so much time away from everybody that you know, in order to get to that, that one point. And it's, yeah, it's incredible for sure. So you talk a lot about the grind of minor league baseball and I had a chance to cover a bunch of double A baseball. I, I was in local news in Binghamton, New York with the, the Binghamton Mets okay. at the time and like spending time around minor league baseball players. It's just like, it's like this reality check of like everybody is grinding so hard and it, there has to be so many highs and lows. What was the low point like in your minors career where you're like, mm. I, I don't know, man, like, I'm not sure if this is it. Yeah. So I've had a, I had a couple. So in like in 2016, I started the year in Double A. Uh, I was having a pretty good year out of the, uh, there. Um, I ended up making a spot start in Triple A. I did pretty well. Um, and then like a week and a half later, I got sent back to High A. So like I bounced all over the place that year. So I uh, and I. Mind you, it was the California League, so it was like the worst pitchers. Uh, like I was trying to figure some stuff out, and uh, that one was pretty pretty low. And then, obviously, at the start of 2017, when I was a starter, I was like, I was getting my teeth kicked in almost every start, and I was like, man, I, I'm about to have to go find a real job. Like this is just that it is what either I figure it out or something's gonna happen, and I gotta kind of gotta find something else, but. The, the, the high points and, and the journey and the process. Um, de- I don't know what this is. What are, uh, we good? Yeah, we're, yeah good. we're good. All right. Um, yeah. But um, we, uh, the, the journey and the process kind of make, uh, make the, the low point and, and the, the, the tough parts worth it. Because it gives you that that mental uh, reminder that it's like no matter what, no matter how bad things get, as long as I keep working and keep pushing, like I can I can come out on the next on on the on the the. So walk me through. Now you last December you signed with Japan, and now you're playing international professional baseball. What? is the process that go that you go through, I'm guessing with an agent and some other different contacts that you go through to fighting your way over to Japan? Yeah, so my agents kind of reach out to me in like end of September, 1st of October, and we're like, are you interested? This is something that we need to start looking at. Like, if you're interested in this, let's kind of figure out, get your name out there and, and put some feelers and see who might be interested in you. Um, so like I would check in with them once every couple of weeks, up until the the uh, winter meetings is when things started really getting getting going. Um, they called me and said, "Hey, we've got this team who's interested. Uh, we're kind of going to start negotiating. If this is something that you want, like we we're gonna we're gonna go after it." So I had I talked with my wife. I was like, "Hey, this is an opportunity. This is a, a good chance for us to." To, to progress forward and she was on board with it so I gave him the green light and we uh, 
kind of they they proceeded along with the negotiations um and then also it's kind of weird because they had to end up buying my contract out with the rangers because i had one more year left there so they were they had to, to go go through that and get one more get their approval and, and get me rele released so that way i was able to, to come here so in watching and having a chance to call bust the game so far I, it's an impressive it's impressive baseball like what's been your impression of the baseball you've been playing and, and watching and a part of yeah. over there it's um it's the same game but it's a, it's different so like here you've got your guys in your lineup who can do damage you've got a couple guys who can who can swing it and, and, and hit some homers um but the majority of other guys whether it's the the small ball the bunt and runs the hit and runs the steals like you don't see nearly as many bunts anywhere else in the world other than here um, true you got guys, yeah, exactly you got guys who their entire approach at the plate is i know that i can't hit your stuff so i'm just going to go up there and i'm going to foul it off and then i'm going to end up making you walk me so you're going to have guys who have 10 nine, 10, 11 pitch at bats where it's like everything I throw, it doesn't matter. It's in the catcher's mitt and this guy's fouling it off. Um, the, it's high level, impressive baseball for sure. When's the last time you saw small ball played like this? Probably college. <laughs> I mean, every once in a while you'll get like one or two situations a game in, in the minors or where a guy's got a sacrifice bunt, but it's not like where a guy leads off the second inning with a double, and the next thing you know, the the the, the five hole guy's bunting into third. It's like in America, you see a guy leads off with a double. All right, great. Now everybody's swinging away, going to try to drive this guy in. It, it, it's so it's so crazy because like I wasn't prepared. One of the first games I did, it was like the second or third inning. The leadoff guy gets on, and then immediately it's a bunt. And in like the second or yeah. third inning in Major League Baseball, like this guy's not bunting at the plate. Like that's not happening. And you see like three and five hitters doing that. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's impressive. I mean, just the the, the bat to ball skills here are, are incredible. So when you look at where your team is at right now, obviously you guys have struggled a bit, a team that was really good last year. Like what's the feeling in the locker room? Um, I mean, we, we still believe we still, we still are going out there and competing. I, I know some guys aren't necessarily having the years that they had last year or were things that they, that they had hoped to achieve this year. But man, we, we put in the work, we're going out there every day and you've got guys doing work hitting early work fielding guys throwing bullpens get trying to get everything to click and and i think over the next month or so we should be able to to, to put some good baseball together and uh we've had glimpses of it i mean we've had some some stretches where we've played great and then we've had some stretches where we just haven't i mean that's part of the game too it's um you can be lights out for 20 games and then you get the next 10 or 15 it's a grind to, to get anybody out how good has it been to have like 50 percent capacity now back fan wise um so the first couple series that we had there was nobody here and then i remember our first the first night that we were allowed to have fans we were in chiba and um 
there were 5,000 people there and it felt like there were 50. It was like I, I hadn't seen anybody in the stands all year. Uh, nobody had, there was no noise. You could hear a guy in the dugout chewing bubble gum. Like it's like, but now it's, you're starting to, uh, you're starting to feel the, the the atmosphere again. You've got the the instruments and the and the noisemakers and stuff like that, and it's it's definitely cool cool to be a part of. And it's like a European soccer atmosphere. I feel like like it's unlike anything you see back here in the United States when it comes to baseball fans. No, absolutely, yeah. Uh, I, back in America, you get get the people who are going to heckle you and, and wear you out and stuff like that when you're on the road. Maybe they do that here, and I just don't understand, which is <laughs> I'm fine with. Um, but uh, definitely the the, the noisemakers and, and uh, the the fans are like truly into the to into the game and are locked in, and they they live and die with it, with what we do out there. So you mentioned your family at the beginning, and I did some some stalking your Twitter and Instagram account. You've got a, a, a beautiful uh, seventh-month-old son, which he looks awesome. I mean, how difficult was that decision knowing you're having a son, and and, and I'm guessing now you're far away in the time zone? Like, yeah. it's 1130 at night back here. It's like the middle of the afternoon over there. Like, how difficult has that been? Yeah, so uh, it's been tough. Um, we planned at first for them to come out in March, like he was going to be super young, but we were going to try to, to make it. And our, our pediatrician told us, yeah, well, you guys should probably wait a little bit. We were fine with that. Uh, I agreed with him. And uh, then we rescheduled for them to come to, in May. And a week before their flight was supposed to come out here, the travel ban got placed. So they weren't able to make it. But um, my wife's been incredible. She's... Um, I, I, as soon as I wake up, I call them, which is nighttime for them. So I'm able to like tell them good night and, and talk to them for a minute before he goes to bed. Uh, and then I stay up probably till, so like I get up around like seven, 7.30 every day. And then I go to bed at like, I don't know, probably 12.31. So I'm able to like spend some time talking to them in the morning after the games. Um, but yeah, she's been great. She's been, incredible our families have helped out and then she's just kind of helping or doing an amazing job getting him getting him big and strong for sure and i think that's probably sometimes the forgotten part about when you're trying to wait make your way up through the minors just like what a toll it probably takes on just the family in general the number of times yeah. you're bouncing around and, and trying to figure out like what's next yeah you know it's so my wife and I got married in 2016, and that year was my first year in AA. And we made the decision to pack all our stuff up and move to Texas. So I lived in Dallas for, or Frisco, which is like a, the suburb of Dallas. I lived there for 2016, 17, and 18. She got a full-time job, and then in the off-season, I would wake up at I'd work out from like nine o'clock in the morning till noon. And then I'd go work at a golf course from like one until nine at night. So like we, we, we put in the work and we made the decision to stay there and work with the strength coaches and work with the trainers and the pitching coaches and stuff like that. We've uh, definitely have put all of the, everything that we can into, into to progressing and doing this as, as a family rather than like playing 
and then being away and then coming back and stuff like that. We just fully invested and, and she kind of pushed me along to, to that to that point for sure. So you're playing AAA baseball and during the off season you got a side job? Oh yeah, I was, yeah, I, I worked at a golf course uh, as like part of the member services team. So like when guys came in off the course, I would like clean their clubs for tips or clean golf carts and pick up all the golf balls on the range. It was cool to be like outside and stuff. Like I enjoyed that part of it, but it was, uh, it was tough work for sure. And I'm assuming it probably makes like when you get to the big leagues and you're like, this is like, I got that. Yeah. It just makes it that much better. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, let, we'll finish it off with uh, three for the road, three kind of quick hitter questions, a little all over the place. Uh, in, in stalking your Instagram and Twitter, I see that you're a fan of the Washington football team. Uh, That's thoughts right. on a record for this season? Ooh, man, I think I think it surprised people. Their defense is way better than people are, are uh, than a lot of people probably give them credit. Um, and I believe in, in Dwayne Haskins and the offensive unit that they have. I think it's going to take some time. So I'll probably say eight and eight or nine and six. Hey, that's that's pretty that's pretty good. You you beat my Eagles in in week one, which is a real killer for me. So yeah. you, you got it. You got a good one there. That's right. Uh, toughest situation that you've inherited as a reliever. Ooh. Toughest situation I've inherited. I came in uh, with a man on second and third and eighth inning with one out. We were up by one. Uh, I got an inning and two thirds. Uh, I think it was three, four, five, six that I faced. So, um, yeah, got out of the inning and unscathed the first inning uh, and then went one, two, three, the second. That's that's pretty good. Is, is there like other than just like bases loaded and nobody out? Is there like a situation you dread the most? To be honest, I for some reason like whenever it's like a three-run game, I don't know if it's like I relax or whatever. But like the one or two-run games, I feel like I'm pretty locked in, and then the three-run games, I'm like, this isn't it. Like this is I, I feel like I, I I'm not as mentally locked in, but. Other than that, like if it's lopsided one way or the other, if we're up by a lot or down by a lot and you're in that situation, those are tough outs to get for sure. Yeah, it's just like it's almost feels like it's like a lost game, and but you got to go out and do your job anyway. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's tough. All right. Uh, finally, I've seen a lot of pictures of the mustache. What's going on with the facial hair? You, you just decided to go all out now? Yeah, so I uh, the mustache was great last year. I, I I had a mustache at the end of the season, and I pitched, I was pitching really well. Uh, I had a mustache at the beginning of the year this year, and I was throwing really well. And then I had a bit of a rough patch, and I was like, man, all right, I'm gonna try to change it up, kind of switch up the switch up the look. So not only did I change the the the, the like change the facial hair, but I went like full out. I changed my cleats, my glove, my compression shorts that I wear during the game, my undershirt, my socks, everything. I went full out trying to just like wash and, and trying to flip the switch. So you're superstitious, I'm guessing. I, I wouldn't say I'm super superstitious, but like sometimes you just got to change it up. Something, sometimes things comfortable that you're wearing and, and sometimes it's like, all right, maybe I've worn these out. It's time to, time to find something else. 
Well, uh, Reed, we appreciate all the time. Uh, good luck here uh, as you, you continue on over to Japan. Hopefully you get a chance to see your, your family sometime soon, and uh, hopefully we'll have a chance to catch up with you again sometime down the line. Thanks, man. Yeah, awesome. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.